God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. The idea that our identity can be reduced down to a small plastic card with a photo and a few details about our physicality is truly ridiculous. A driver's license or an ID card tells nothing of who we really are. It has become a huge challenge these days to properly identify ourselves. As the driver's license or ID may give some information about our physicality, it gives nothing about our spirituality. For us to be peaceful and confident and walk in power, we must know our spiritual identity and make sure we give it complete priority. It has become very common for us to exalt our racial or ethnic identity above our spiritual identity. And in today's society, the issue of what gender we use to identify ourselves has also become a challenge to some. How do you identify yourself? In today's episode, I will be dealing with this issue of identity and helping us look towards Jesus Christ to obtain the proper perspective. Give a listen. At the beginning of this year, I was told by my landlord, from whom I have been subletting my workshop, that he was retiring and I must be out of the workspace by the end of June. My landlord was renting from his uncle, who had told me he would give me a little bit of extra time. I was hoping he would change his mind and actually let me stay. Unfortunately, that has not happened. Initially, I began to worry whether or not I could find a new space at such an amazing price that I've had to continue to do my artwork. At one point, I began to be challenged whether I could even call myself an artist anymore, as I have identified myself as an artist for decades and actually paid my rent a few times by my artwork. This was unsettling. But I got a hold of my mind and came back to my true identity. I am God's beloved child in whom he is well pleased. As I said, I've been an artist for decades and also a writer. I've written two books and I'm in the midst of a novel. So I have called myself an artisan in word and in wood. This has been my identity of one sort. But is that who I really am? Unfortunately, life sometimes takes a turn and what we once called ourselves may no longer apply. Perhaps the most devastating change of identity is when one is either divorced or loses a spouse by death. They can no longer say, I am a married person. Either situation is usually quite horrible. A deep state of crisis has thrown their world into a downward spin. They're no longer part of a couple. They are now alone, wondering who they are. Then there is the situation of employment. I am a... you fill in the blank. What kind of work do you do? And as many have said, what you do is not who you are. So where does our identity truly lie? My question to you today, is your identity in crisis or Christ? Identity is how I see the who of me. Is my identity part of my physicality? 
Is my identity part of my ethnicity? Is my identity part of life's complexity? Or is my identity in Christ? Identity is how I see the who of me. Am I some size and shape? Am I a color or from some foreign state? Am I well or am I sickly? Or is my identity in Christ? Identity is how I see the who of me. In Christ, I am a new creation. In Christ, I am seated in the heavenlies. In Christ, I am God's royal child. That is the who of me, my true identity in Christ. So take a moment now and think of who you are. How have you been identifying yourself? There are so many different things that, as my poem and previous statements have shown, can be used as part of our identity. And let me state this here in the beginning. I mean no ill towards certain ways we have identified ourselves, but I do need to bring into focus how we've been tricked. So some of these things may sting some of you, but hopefully the sting will awaken you to stop calling yourself by the things of the world. The devil has worked overtime all throughout history to divide people. I am of this tribe, or I am of that clan, or I am of that nation, and you're different from me, so we can't get along. You don't do things the way we do. You don't look like us. Your culture is different, and your food is too bland or too hot or too weird, so we can't get along. That's the way the devil divides us. Fortunately, I am a pretty healthy person. I'm a little overweight, and there is one identity. Some people with that challenge become diabetic, and that's another identity. Or we could take the lesson from this truth. I'm not a sick person trying to get well. I'm a healthy person the devil is trying to make sick. According to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, we have been healed who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. This is a promise from God. Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world with corrupt food and deteriorating genetics. Sin has weakened our bodies and made them prone to disease. But we don't have to identify with those challenges. I'm not denying that diseases affect our bodies. I am denying the right of the disease to be in our bodies. We need to claim the promise of God as our true identity. By Christ's stripes, we were healed. We need to walk in faith. These challenges bring my point into clarity. Is your identity in crisis, a sickness of some sort, or is your identity in Christ, with all his blessings and promises. In the near future, I will be getting cataract surgery for my left eye. I have prayed for a miracle, but it has not yet happened. But I don't choose to exalt the issue of my foggy left eye and let that identify me. As with the loss of my workshop could throw me into a tailspin, God has shown me it is a temporary loss of my workshop. He is helping me get rid of a lot of junk that I didn't need. What else he's doing, I'm not sure yet, but God has proven himself faithful to the extent of the quality of my life always increases 
after such a challenge. I have come to identify myself through faith in the promises of God. God is faithful, and he will provide. I've briefly mentioned it before, but I'd like to show you the truth from the scripture to show you who you are. Take a look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, in the New King James Version. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all citizens of some nation or another, though some may have changed citizenship or tried to abandon a citizenship. They were originally born somewhere, and that can be used as part of their identity. We are citizens of heaven, as those who believe in Christ. That's a pretty nice identity. Remember, you were made to sit at the right hand of God in the heavenlies in Christ. We need to see our spiritual identity much bigger. Christ has made us kings and priests, according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Do you view yourself as royalty, or are you simply a peasant? How do you see yourself? There's one great verse in Galatians that touches on several aspects of identity we find in chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So here we have ethnicity or race in the words Jew nor Greek. Then we have economic status in bond nor free, and finally the gender issue in male nor female. In this verse, all these aspects are erased in the body of Christ, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. I stated before how the devil likes to divide us. If we are in Christ, all those dividing elements are done away with. But then the tricky devil got us to become divided, even as members of the body of Christ, when he invented denominations. It has been shown in revivals all throughout the world and time that when people overcome denominational lines and come together, they pray and God brings miracles. There are a number of places in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul speaks of being less than the least of all saints, not worthy to be called an apostle and chief sinner. These are pretty deadly ways to identify oneself, but this was who he used to be. It is no longer who he is. In each of these sections of Scripture, the grace of God is brought to the forefront to show God has given him the ability to change who he was. We see how Paul has come to properly identify himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Not by my job, not by my ethnicity, not by my health status, not by my economic status, not by my national identity, but by the grace of God, we are who we are. Grace is God's abiding presence 
to empower us to become the person he has envisioned us to be in Christ. We need to adopt God's image of us instead of what the world is trying to mold us into. God's intent, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, is that we are to be conformed to the image of his Son. And it doesn't matter if you feel like Jesus. The realization is that you've been authorized with his name, given the promise that you can do the works that he did and greater, and that you are his ambassador standing in his place in this world. That's who you are in part. And there's a lot more promises that we can take to ourselves to give us the proper identity of who we've been made in Christ. Identity is how I see the who of me. In Christ, I am a new creation. In Christ, I am seated in the heavenlies. In Christ, I am God's royal child. That is the who of me, my true identity in Christ. Consider these truths in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In verse 4, you are identified as someone whom God loved with great love. In verse 5, you are identified as someone that was dead in sin, but then you were quickened together with Christ and you were saved by grace. Then in verse 6, we are told that we were raised up together and made sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's just three verses. And look at all the ways we can see our true identity. In the beginning of every church epistle, from Romans through Thessalonians, it says something like, Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in those verses, we are told that we've been given grace and peace from God, who is our Father, and that Jesus should be our Lord. God started out every epistle he addressed to the church with this phrase about grace and peace. Perhaps he's trying to get a point across. Our identity should not be in crisis, but should be in grace and peace. Take some time today and find some promises that you might need to correct your perspective concerning your identity. Ephesians chapter 1 is a great place to start. And always remember, you are God's beloved child in whom he is well pleased.